Welcome to Rag Chew. And if you're as curious as a kitty cat as I am, you can follow us over on social media on Twitter and Facebook at Rag Chew Podcast. Uh, I'm Max, and one thing I learned recently is you should smile while you still have teeth. Today, it's just me, myself, and I who's going to be uh, doing the podcast today. We got Cade is uh, OOO. He's a little out of office right now. So, uh, just going to be uh, me and you today. So, we're going to get intimate. No, I'm kidding. But we are going to talk a little bit today. So, um, something I was recently doing today is I actually watched uh, Super Size Me and uh, Super Size Me 2. And I bet a lot of people did not know that there is a Super Size Me 2. And uh, I didn't today either until I logged into YouTube. I don't know if it's available anywhere else, whether it's through uh, I mean, um, Netflix or anywhere else, but I found it over on uh, YouTube. Uh, it just kind of popped up in my recommended. And let me just say, I watch a stupid amount of YouTube. Um, I don't know why. I just get really bored and I start either sinking into live PD episodes or... Um, I don't, I don't know. I kind of sink into anything and everything that shows up on YouTube. I'm a big fan of it. But uh, it popped up, and in case you haven't heard of Super Size Me, uh, in case you weren't, I guess, around during the early 2000s, and you had your head buried in a hole like an ostrich, uh, Super Size Me, the first one, was really about like a guy exposing the um, fast food industry. He basically kind of talked about... Uh, how bad McDonald's was, and I think for a 30-day period or 20-day period, somewhere in there, he ate um, fast food, like just straight McDonald's the entire time, which I thought was um, quite interesting, to say the least. Um, but yeah, he ate that for the entire period of time to kind of prove the point that fast food isn't good for you, and here's the reasons why. And actually, as a kid, uh, f funny story, I actually did end up like not eating, uh, is the word I'm looking for, that sounds a lot better, right? Uh, not eating fast food for quite a while uh, because of watching it. I kind of got that mentality of, well, I, I guess it's probably not too good for me. And uh, yeah, I was, I was right. But um, I guess he's made a second one, and I thought it was pretty interesting, so I watched the entire hour and 45 minutes on my couch and really delved in. And this time, I guess he was talking about how the um, fast food industry is changing itself to be labeled as healthy, right? Because even though I... Listen, I'm a massive, massive fan of Chick-fil-A and the Lord's Chicken. But let's be honest, fast food probably isn't the best for you, but I guess a lot of them are now labeling themselves as healthy or using certain keywords such as uh, crispy instead of fried and stuff like that. Stuff that sounds friendlier um, to someone like you or I. So um, he was really kind of delving into, I guess, the facts of the fast food industry and where it is now, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, but I would definitely recommend checking it out. It was actually really cool. It was an entire process of how he was opening up a chain restaurant and uh, the growing processes of uh, Purdue and Tyson and that kind of stuff. Uh, the large uh, big chicken companies, as he called them here. And uh, it was it was a really, really interesting watch. I really enjoyed kind of delving into all of it and seeing everything that he had kind of compiled. And then he ended up opening up his own restaurant that he said was pretty transparent uh, into what actually happens inside of the restaurant, unlike, as you can tell, um, many other restaurants out there that super that, that aren't super transparent on their practices, which was uh, 
a really, really interesting movie, but something I would definitely recommend taking a look at. I mean, I'm not a big health guy, trust me at all. I'm not a big health guy, but it was something that I, I definitely found pretty interesting and I, I would, I would definitely check it out. It was something really, really cool. Uh, something that I wanted to talk about that I found a little bit interesting is uh, Fairweather Friends. Like, how tight is your friend group? Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys if you guys have any comments on how tight your friend group is, whether you have five, six, seven friends. I, I don't care how many. Um, but a lot of people, I've, I've been learning nowadays with myself. Uh, I, I will admit, I'm a little bit of a homebody, even though, you know, I'm sitting here doing a podcast the entire time. Uh, I am a bit of a homebody. I like to chill out, kind of relax. Um, do my own thing, but um, as made apparent this past weekend, currently my wife is in uh, New Jersey, seeing some of her family members and that kind of stuff. She took a, a plane ride, and uh, it was actually really cool. I've got to have the, uh, what I call the bachelor pad for a little bit. Me and a couple of uh, my buddies, B. Claire was there, shouting you out again on the podcast, bud. Uh, we went out and uh, uh, basically just chilled out, kind of talked, had a good time. Uh, relaxed, drank a little bit, and and just just it was a nice relaxing weekend. Um, but it started to make me think about how how tight is my friend group, right? How how often am I actually getting out, or how many friends do I genuinely have? And I can say, interestingly enough, the older I've gotten, the more I have kind of discovered I don't need that many friends, right? Um, not to say that I love as many of the people that are on Facebook with me and kind of following with them and connecting with them all over the place. But the thing I find more and more apparent every time is um, you really don't need a major large friend group. I remember being back in high school and middle school and that kind of stuff and thinking, oh, the more friends you have, the cooler you are. The entire group that you hang out with, the cooler you are. And I've discovered that's not so true, right? Um, I like to keep my friend group I don't want to say tight, but I mean, a lot of the people that I work with, uh, the really cool guys that I work with every single day that I have the pleasure to work with every day, really make um, up most of my friend group, except for, I guess, like the old friends that I had back in high school um, that I still talk to on the daily basis. Well, not daily basis, but on a consistent basis, I guess is a better way to say it. I've kind of discovered um, I, I don't need a massive friend group. And I find that quite interesting. And I know a lot of people um, will like to say, I, I feel like have about the same exact thought as I do when it comes to you don't have that large of a friend base uh, and that you don't feel like you need that many people to be surrounding you at all times. I really discovered that the more I started working, the more I kind of stepped back and started kind of doing my own thing. And I've always been a big family guy as well. So <laughs> family guy, great show. Um I, I kind of became more of a family guy and thought, you know, I'd rather be spending time with my family than going out and doing, you know, crazy, crazy stuff. But I can still say I still do idiotic things to this day. Uh, very idiotic things to this day. But um, I, I don't know. I've always found myself to not have to, I guess, have that. But the, the one thing I guess that it kind of runs into is I kind of brought up in the beginning is is your fair weather friends, right? Um, as much as I love you know, 90% of my friend group, uh, 95, I'd say probably about 100, I'll be honest. I'm a very friendly guy, as you can tell. Once again, I have a podcast. If I didn't have a podcast, I wouldn't be a, a friendly or loud and obnoxious guy. <laughs> but um, I, 
I, I don't know. The one thing that does drive me insane is, is fair weather friends, right? They only come around when you're in success or you're doing things that you should. I, I don't know. That only come around when they need something, I guess, is the better way to word that. They only come around and when they want something out of you. And uh, once again, talking about the theme park industry here, I think everyone who does work inside of the theme park industry or understands the theme park industry knows that uh, you get a lot of times people who come in uh, will send you a message and ask uh, for park tickets at random times. And uh, that is something that drives a lot of people and say, now I'm not saying for those of you who have asked me in the past, uh, or asked other people in the past that there's anything wrong about that. Um, I, and and I, w- I wouldn't give them to you if I didn't appreciate you or if I didn't like you. But I, I don't know. That is something that does drive, I guess, a large majority of the uh, theme park industry workers or hospitality workers. I feel like this falls into hotels, too. Um, if there's anyone out there who works at hotels or anything like that who gets, I guess, the phone calls or the the text messages or whatever else, asking them for a free hotel stay or something along those lines, I guess you'd probably understand the same exact thing that I've gone through. But really, it's a, it's, it, I don't know, it's sad that there's people, because I'll never forget when I first started working um, inside of the hospitality industry, I did have one person send me a text and ask me, uh, they said, hey, how's everything going? What are you up to? Oh, you work over at blah, 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 right? And I said, oh, yeah, I do. And so I thought it was just going to be a conversation or somebody asking me for a job or something along those lines. No, nope, nope, it it, it wasn't. Nope, uh, to, nope, I'll just cut you off there. It was not. It was someone asking me for park tickets. And that was the first thing that made me realize, uh, I guess, <laughs> at a smaller, younger age, that I really uh, didn't really need them in my life because it was like we haven't talked in probably about six years. And this is the only reason because they were like, oh, can you get me in? And I said, oh yeah, what you can do is purchase discounted tickets or you can go ahead and buy those at the front of the gate. There's Florida resident rate tickets. Good luck. And I don't know. That's something that just drives me insane when it comes to, I guess, to loop back around here because I love to talk in circles. Um, It is something that does drive me insane when it comes to Fairweather Friends, when people contact you when they only need something. So let's be honest, when people only contact you to move or to take them to the airport everyone's favorite thing in the entire world, right? Because everyone loves to help everybody move. If you do, you're a really, really good person. You're a lot better of a person than I am. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I found an interesting article um, just recently uh, that, once again, over on everyone's favorite news source, Fox News. I'm not hating on anyone, by the way, to say this. I'm not hating on anyone who does enjoy Fox News. Um, I, I will say I've been finding some really, really good articles here. Uh, odd, odd articles. They have a really good odd article section or odd news section that I will peruse to find these articles. And, uh, this one is actually a really good one that made me think about the current state of everything right now. Um, inside of London, I guess there's a guy named Count Binface. Um, so the headline is Count Binface to run for mayor of London. Uh, And in case you're wondering, he does wear a giant trash bin or trash can, I guess for us here in the States, on his head. (laughs) And and I'll say the opening line to this is fantastic. It says, who says politics is trash? (laughs) I do. (laughs) I do. I say politics is trash. (laughs) 
I'll jump in immediately and say it. Uh, but Count Benface, a self-proclaimed fearless space warrior who ran against the, uh, I guess, the current prime minister, uh, Boris Johnson, in last year's general election, has announced his plans to run for mayor of London. He's vowing to take out the trash, Benface, who also ran against Theresa May in the 2017 election under the alias Lord Buckethead last time. Oh, man, I didn't know this guy has had... Multiple runs, but also multiple uh, characters, enigmas. Uh, characters is probably a better word for it. But characters. And uh, he said he is running, he is throwing his bin into the ring because the race needed shaking up. Well, thank goodness he jumped in there and, and is saving us all. It's the greatest city on the planet. I call it the Earth Capital, uh, Ben Face told the Press Association. As such, it needs people from the outside Earth to pay its dues. Mayor of London is a fantastic title in itself, and as someone who already has it a title, it suits me down to the ground. Because remember, he's a count, and also a lord, I guess, as Lord Buckethead. Um, you've already had a couple mayors who people have said, oh my god, what have we done? Why not have someone who is already outlandish before they become mayor instead? Fair point. Very fair point. Uh, maybe we need someone like this in American politics to just jump in and, I don't know get interesting. Uh, and then a GoFundMe page was set up for the prospective candidate, and he has already raised, um, uh, in, in, I guess, U.S. dollars here, 1600 U.S. dollars. Um, I, I find it really interesting uh, that he's decided he's jumping in. There's an entire promo video on here and everything else that is really, really interesting. Uh, that he kind of like talks about what he's running for and what he wants to do that he posted on the Twitter um, that <laughs> in case you're bored and you want something to peruse one day, it's it's a really good good video to kind of watch. Um, but yeah, I find it quite interesting, but it made me think about, so there is a guy that's in the States that I guess has run for politics in the past. And I don't know where I first saw this. This was a couple years ago that he was actually running to um, running for president here in the U.S., and his name is Vermin Supreme. So if you haven't heard of this guy, you may have seen pictures of him, or I feel like every year during like the election cycle, he kind of just shows up and starts showing up on Facebook and social media and that kind of stuff. But he's a guy who wears a boot, like a rubber boot on his head, uh, <laughs> which is really, really interesting. But he, I guess they say he's a performance artist and activist who runs, like, candidates for national elections and then also various state and local elections. He kind of famously wears a boot on his hat and carries a large toothbrush. And one of his big points, I guess, if he becomes president of the United States, is he will pass a law requiring people to brush their teeth. And by God, do I feel like we need that. As a guy who's visited the dentist a lot recently to get a good amount of cleanings and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I think that'd be a great law. But the only question I'd ask you, Vermin Supreme, how would you enforce it? But I guess that's a question for a later time. He has campaigned on a platform of zombie apocalypse awareness and time travel research and promised a free pony for every American. Well, that's it. Vermin Supreme, you got my vote, bud. You got my vote. I want a free pony and I've wanted one since I was a kid. So I am, I'm, he's got my vote. It's official. That's a, that's a write-in right there. <laughs> but, uh, I guess he participated in the Occupy Boston protests at one point, And then they actually did a documentary on him 
Who is Vermin Supreme, an outsider of Odyssey, which followed the 2012, that's a lot of numbers. If it was 2012, uh, that'd be a really different year. Uh, but, but it follows his 2012 campaign and explores his life as an activist and political prankster. I don't take this as a prank. I take this as very, very serious. Uh, I guess he's running, uh, ooh, scrolling down here. He is now running for president in the 2020 election, and I guess as a libertarian, it looks like. He won the libertarian presidential preference primary in New Hampshire. Oh my goodness. On February 11th, 2020, this was a self-fund a mail-in ballot primary outside of the control of the state. Oh, okay. So it was a completely different uh, campaign. I was like, oh my goodness, he won New Hampshire. How did he do that? But it sounded like it was self-funded and he mailed itself in, I guess, for uh, libertarian votes. But uh, apparently there was an entire book tour and that kind of stuff where he believes it's a right to pony is his thing, where he's got a book tour uh, promoting... Let's see, hold on. Hillary Clinton planned to visit Concord, New Hampshire for a book tour promoting her new book, What Happened. Uh, he wanted, I guess, to do a protest. Um, the demonstration was to be a pony, pony protest and included at least one pony uh, that he filed inside of, uh, I guess, a protest permit for the city of New, or Concord, for the city of Concord, New Hampshire. <laughs> Supreme is, has a history of making the election promise of ponies to constituents and has asserted that Clinton does not like ponies enough. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know, this is how I'm going to slander people that... <laughs> this is how I'm going to slander people, you know, I'm going to... Next time somebody calls me a name, I'm going to be like, well, you know what? You don't like ponies enough. How about that? That's how I'm going to slander my, my enemies in combat rather than uh, actually going up against them. I'm just going to use my words and tell them they don't like ponies enough. But apparently in, in this uh, protest here, he, uh, oh, it looks like, dang it, he was denied his request, it looks like, uh, to protest. Uh, but that's sad. But he asserted his right to pony and retained a lawyer uh, with, a I guess, a reputation of advocacy of First Amendment rights to represent him in suing the city of Concord for the permit. Uh, the court found in favor of Vermin Supreme issuing an injunction and the city gave him a permit. So I was wrong! Oh my gosh, I was wrong. He actually did. So then I guess a thousand people attended the book signing and the protest and various media co sources covered the pony, pony protest and Clinton book tour altogether. And I guess he was listed on there. Man, that is good. That is really good. And you know what's really interesting is I'm looking at, um, I guess, voting records and that kind of stuff. In the 2016 Democratic presidential primary, because I guess he was running as a Democrat, he got 268 votes, which I, I, I guess I got to give the guy a lot of credit because, man, wow, 268 votes. That's a lot more than I would expect. And guess what? He just gained another because uh, your boy wants a pony. Let's be completely honest. But, man, that is that's real interesting. And I guess during the 2008 presidential Republican. Oh, he was a Republican at one point. Ran as a Republican. Uh, he got 41 votes in the presidential primary there. I guess that was when uh, John McCain was running. Yeah, and then when Hillary Clinton was running up against him, he made 268 votes. Man, props to this guy. Props to that guy, honestly. But I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. And immediately thinking about this guy, uh, Lord or Cat, look, Count Benface. My apologies, Count Benface. It made me immediately think of him because I went, wow, that is... 
one interesting guy, and it made me think of uh, Vermin Supreme. But uh, the, the other thing I want to kind of kind of rant about today, because you know, Cade and I, when we're here, we always typically have a rant, and I got a serious one today. I got one that a lot more people will probably uh, chant about myself and jump in, but it's actually Skittles changing the lime, so the green Skittle, to um, to ch- changing it to green apple. And Skittles, I got a bone to pick with you, all right, bud? The green apple, excuse me, the lime was the best flavor inside of it. Let's be completely honest. The red, garbage. L- yellow, garbage. No, we don't need any of those. The lime was the best one, and it really aggravated me when they changed it. And in case you didn't know, like, seriously, if if you have a bag of Skittles and you go to, to eat the green one, trust me, you'll notice a difference if you're really, really paying attention to the flavor. And the green one overpowers everything. So if you're one of those people who takes a handful of Skittles, right, and just puts them into your hand and just throws them all in like the, you know, fiend you are, because I'm going to be honest, I'm a guy who eats one Skittle at a time. Um, but no, if you're the kind of guy that throws all of them in at one time and you have the mixture of flavors and you just start chewing, you immediately get the green one. Immediately. You get the green apple flavor straight into your mouth and it tastes awful. It like overpowers the rest of the flavors, whether it's grape or whether it's cherry or l- lemon. Ugh, lemons. I hate them. Um, you immediately get that flavor and it's absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Trust me. Skittles, I, I, I seriously, I think at one point they changed it back to lime. Um, maybe they've corrected that error, or maybe I remember seeing something where they were changing it back to lime. Maybe it was an April Fool's joke. But they, they were supposed to be changing it back to lime because a lot of people complained about it. And, and man, did it aggravate the crap out of me. And was I one of those people who got really upset? The, the green apple one, absolute garbage. Garbage, in case anybody's wondering. Absolute garbage. But... It, I, mm, that is something that really, really frustrated me. Oh my gosh. But I will say the grape is really, really good instead of a handful of Skittles, but I am not a guy who's just going to throw them all into my mouth at all. That I just, I, I don't get it. Um, but to, to kind of back up here, talking about lemons, in case anybody's wondering <laughs> on why I hate lemons, uh, my mom, uh, and my wife completely understand. I, as a child, this is back when I was in, in preschool. Uh, and we, I went to a, a Baptist, uh, preschool. I don't know if it was Southern Baptist, but it was a Baptist preschool, right? I, I guess had a bad habit of, um, biting kids. I was that kid on the playground. All right. I I was that kid. I was that kid on the playground and I had a habit of biting people, I guess, when I got upset and, um, I would bite kids on the playground, but I guess I also, apparently, as my mother would say, I learned that if I got in trouble enough, I'd be sent to the front office. And as like a four-year-old child or a three-year-old child, I, I guess, loved the women inside of the front office. And uh, I could still remember their names. Uh, I will say I called them, I called the, uh, the lady whose name was uh, Marla. I called her Miss Marlin because I didn't know what her actual name was, I guess. I just called her Miss Marlin. And I do distinctly remember uh, asking her at one point if it was like the Florida Marlins, or I asked her if she liked the Florida Mar- Marlins, the uh, the baseball team. It came up. <laughs> but I ended up getting expelled from this preschool. And I guess when my mom always says, what happened was 
I would bite these kids, go to the front office, and then I'd go and flirt with the ladies. And I did, I guess that, that I, God, it's, it's just not making me think of this. I used to do a Johnny Bravo impression. Uh, and I would say, hey, baby, Johnny Bravo, you know? <laughs> and I'd flirt with these front office ladies by doing a Johnny Bravo impression. I now think of it this <laughs> And uh, I would flirt with these ladies and I'd play solitaire on the computer. And it's because I didn't have to be inside of the class. And solitaire and pinball were the best things to play back in the day. Uh, in case anybody's wondering, the best thing in the day back when there was no like internet. Well, I guess there was internet at this time, but it was very, very basic internet and there was nothing you could really do. But those were the things I loved doing on those Windows computers. And I guess in order to uh, stop me from biting other children, uh, the I don't know if it was the principal or the owner of the, uh, the daycare or preschool or whatever you want to call it, started putting lemon juice in my mouth in order to make me stop biting children. And I'm going to be completely honest, you know, I, I, I get it. <laughs> I, was, I was a brat, man. <laughs> I was a brat. And she would put lemon juice, like, it wasn't even, like, real lemons, right? It wasn't the real lemons. It was the ones that came in those plastic yellow squirt bottles, I guess. And I, I know everyone remembers the green one and the yellow one, but it was yellow lemon-shaped. It was supposed to look like a lemon, but it was just straight lemon juice. And she'd spray it into my mouth. And to this day, I hate lemons. I hate it. Absolutely hate lemons. And I refuse to eat them, and I can always notice them. My mom knows this. My wife knows this. Anytime my wife cooks, or my mom used to back when I was a kid, I could taste lemon in literally anything. Absolutely anything. And so <laughs> I, uh, yeah, got expelled from the preschool for about a year. My mom had to find someone to watch me for an entire year, and had to pay someone to watch me for an entire year because... I uh, apparently got kicked out because I was biting children. And <laughs> stupid old me, uh, yeah, got kicked out. And I thought that was the greatest thing that I've ever done. I still hold that down. I, I'm, I'm still really proud of myself, right? I'm still really, really proud of myself that I was able to do something that nobody else was able to do, which is get, get kicked out of preschool. Because I don't, I don't think I've ever known anyone else who has. If you guys know anyone else... Uh, tweet at us or uh, send us a message or actually post it to us on uh, Facebook at Ragtree Podcast and let us know if you know anyone else who's been uh, kicked out of preschool or if you have a kid who's gotten kicked out of preschool because genuinely I right now feel like I'm the only person who has and I'm really proud of myself. Uh, <laughs> small little achievements in your life, right? Something I should really be proud of. <laughs> oh man, but yeah. Yeah, and it was really interesting. I was talking with my mom yesterday, um, and I was able to remember the smallest things of my childhood. We were having a conversation. We actually talked for about two hours yesterday on the phone, and it was interesting how much you're able to remember from your childhood, right? Um, I, I always tell uh, my mom, uh, there's a story, and I'll tell this one real quick. I, um, my, my mom and my brother and I went shopping to this feed store because we had chickens, right? Growing up, we kind of lived out in BFE just as I live in BFE now. Apparently it just, it's in my blood. I like to live out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but I, um, it, I, we were at this feed store, which had a loading dock. It was a wooden loading dock. And my mom went inside of the store and we hung out outside of the store and my mom 
told us don't go any, into the woods because there was woods to the right of the feed store. Uh, it wasn't like really big woods, but you know, to like a four or five year old, this thing is massive and there's a ton to do in there. And so we sat outside while she went in and me and my brother kind of hung out. And to me, right, this is the story that I say happens. We went out into the woods over there, went around sort of playing inside of the sticks and that kind of stuff. And my brother sat down onto a tree stump. I don't know whether the tree got chopped down or something along those lines. I don't remember that, but I do remember he sat down onto a tree stump and then he jumped up pretty quickly because he ended up getting a pretty big splinter in his butt <laughs> from where he sat down. And he jumped up and I remember him running back towards the feed store. And, you know, to me, it's a million miles away because I have tiny, tiny legs at that time. And he runs all the way back to the feed store and runs in and tells his, tells my mom and he's crying and everything else. And so we end up having to go to the hospital and they pull a, uh, a splinter out of him. But my I guess my brother told my mom the story because we weren't allowed to go into the woods. And I will still, I, I tell my mom I will carry this to my grave because I know I'm correct about this. Because everyone always tells me I'm wrong. He told my mom that he sat down on the wooden loading, wooden loading dock. And that's how he ended up getting the splinter in his butt. And that was incorrect. I vividly remember, vividly remember here, okay? I, I will pro proclaim this to the sky. I vividly remember him sitting down on a tree stump and then getting a splinter into his butt. But he ran back and uh, and did that. But my, he told my mom that we sat down on the loading dock and that's how he got a splinter in his butt. And let me tell you, that splinter was probably a good four inches long. I mean, it was a good splinter. And and if, you know, if the doctor would have inspected it good enough, maybe we can try and pull records from this, but I know it was not from a loading dock. I am going to hold this down. <laughs> but yeah, it, he, he told my mom this. And it's so interesting that the stories that you remember, right? When you're younger, it's like you have this weird selective memory. You remember small, it can be really insignificant events, or it could be something significant, like your brother getting stuck in the butt with a uh, splinter. But I, I do remember uh, smaller things, you know, such as uh, I, I was telling my mom yesterday, I remember getting changed on a changing table. It's really weird. I had this memory of it. But what's really odd is I don't remember, like, looking around in that moment. It's like I remember almost like a third person point of view of it. Cause I don't remember actually being in my eyes of it, but I remember being in like a third person point of view. My brother was inside of the room and my mom was changing me. And it's the weirdest thing. We only lived inside of this house for probably about uh, six years, uh, you know, of my um, life, six years of my life. And I still remembered every layout inside of that house, which is really, really weird. Um, I've only ever gone back in that house. I I've never actually gone back in that house except for, um, maybe for, like I said, six or seven years. And that was about it. But I can still vividly remember exactly how that house was laid out. And I feel like everyone kind of can do that, right? If you have a house that you grew up in and you were a really young kid, you can probably remember every little bit of that house. And it's really, really strange that you have such a vivid memory of these things, but yet I can't remember, you know, what I ate for lunch yesterday. It's so interesting how the brain works in the way that you remember things that seem so much less significant versus, you know, I guess so significant. But I mean, I, I don't know. I was reading recently about, um, I guess, how your brain works and that kind of stuff. And you don't really start fully developing memories until you're about two or three years old. But 
it's weird. I can still remember exactly how the house was laid out. I can remember being changed on a changing table at one point. I just remember all these weird, small, insignificant memories. And once again, if you guys have any similar stories, I would love to hear from it because I feel like that'd be really interesting. Um, whether it's you were a little kid and you remember a really, really insignificant story or I guess something really significant, I'd love to hear something embarrassing, just like how I shared that, uh, well, I guess it's embarrassing for my brother that he got a splinter in his butt, but that I got kicked out of preschool as a kid. I'd, I'd love to hear it. I think like it would be, uh, I guess, helping me share in my embarrassment. Or maybe if you'd, uh, I feel like this, if you have any, if, if any of you out there are interested in coming out of the podcast, um, I'd love to hear from you guys and, and maybe get you guys onto the podcast and have you guys share some embarrassing stories. You'll have to, uh, I'm going to put it this way as a stipulation, you would have to share one embarrassing story about yourself, uh, whether a child or now, because I feel like that make me feel better about myself. It really would. <laughs> well, I'm going to end this one early here. I appreciate y'all's time, everybody. Uh, once again, if you guys wouldn't mind going and follow us over on uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter at Ragchu Podcast. Tweet us some of your ideas that you guys want to hear us talk about. And uh, I feel like since since Cade's not here, I'll give you a quote. Um, one thing that I have learned recently, right, is you don't know how good something is till it's gone. And uh, I think that's a great way to put it, is enjoy what you have right now because you never know when you're going to lose it, as Kate has kind of said in the past. So appreciate y'all's time today. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. Thanks for listening to me, uh, me and myself and I for a little bit today. Hope you guys have a fantastic week. And wherever you are now, here or tomorrow, uh, it was great listening to you. So have a great day. Thanks for joining us on Rack Chew. Go follow us and um, get out of here. Leave me alone. Bye.